Let's get the people in customer service focus on delivering the customer experience, not alt-tabbing across 34 different systems and copy and pasting a number from X to Y. Let's proactively give them the piece of information that allows them to focus on the customer rather than relying, focusing on them to go and use technology to find the information. Let's proactively give them the information they need to help this solving this customer's problem and experience. I'm Steven Spears, and this is the future, the future, the future of customer engagement and experience podcast. Welcome to the FCEE podcast presented by the future of Check out the show notes once you get done with this episode to find our article of the week from the site for some great reading for your afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you find time to read uh, more information about customer experience topics and trends. We're back with part two of our episode on the new rules of customer service. Joining us is Sarah Bell, the SAP CX practice lead for UK at Capgemini, and John Heald, go-to-market leader for SAP sales and service at SAP Customer Experience. Let's get right back to the conversation. It's funny because a lot of this is about making sure the people are trained and knowledgeable, but it really is that that human connection you're trying to build too. Like I know we... I had to call into a, a company the other day and they helped solve the issue to a degree. And then I called back in and somehow I ended up with the same agent. Uh, but it was as simple as, hey, Steven, welcome back. And immediately there was that connection of, okay, this isn't like you're trying to act like you're not sure that I just talked to you about a minute ago. Um, so that human connection really is important. How do you see uh, you know, the role of technology in helping maybe facilitate that or supplement it? Ha- what what type of balance have you seen, Sarah, in, in marrying these new technologies to help make sure that human connection's there? Yeah, we, we very much see that. I think the, the key thing is to make sure the technology is the enabler. So the technology is really easy and simple to use so that the person dealing with the request is not thinking about, what button have I got to press next or what data have I got to capture for the system? But it's so, so you know, the UI is slick. The the customer journey process is, is recognizing what the scenario is going to be. And therefore, when the person is talking to you on the call or talking to you on the back of the chatbot, they are focused on you as the person. So they can give you that human interaction experience. No one wants to speak to a robot when there's really a person at the end of the call. They want to talk about, you know, oh God, the weather's bad here, or sorry, the dog's barking, or the children are making a noise in the background. They want that human interaction. And I think what's key is that the technology enables that, enables them to not be focusing on the technology. It sounds a bit odd when we both work for um, technology companies, but it should be, you know, so obvious and so easy to use a solution that you're just listening to what people are saying and responding and interacting in the same way we are on this podcast in a way rather than thinking about you know oh I've got to do this and my SLA clock's doing that um so it needs to be focused on on the customer or or the prospect absolutely that's interesting you seeing the same thing on your side John so, so first, I just love your naivety, Stephen, that you weren't rooted to the agent automatically because the system looked at who did you speak to last? Was it even in a certain time window? Did you end that call in a relatively happy place? Therefore, let me bring the context into this conversation and send you to the same agent again. 
if you'd have ended that call in a, I'm really unhappy with the experience and pseudo slam the phone down, then do you know what? Sending it back to the same agent a minute later probably isn't a good exercise. So your naivety of that thing wasn't automated is quite hysterical. But, but actually, <laughs> it's bringing that human side in. And as you said, Sarah, let's get the people in customer service focus on delivering the customer experience, not alt-tabbing across 34 different systems and copy and pasting a number from X to Y to try and find that data that I need to give this customer to, to manage their experience. Let's proactively give them the piece of information that allows them to focus on the customer rather than relying focusing on them to go and use technology to find the information let's proactively give them the information they need to help this solving this customer's problem and experience that's funny i just thought they only had one service agent john so i i guess i was naive on that there was only one guy that worked there so he was the only one answering the phone yeah. it could be it could be <laughs> No, I, I and I, I'm curious uh, to to get both of your thoughts, but really, Sarah, to to start on your end. So, when when service leaders are putting together strategies on how to manage these these new um, developments, it sounds like it's more of strategizing for a particular outcome you're looking for, and then finding the right tools to help facilitate that, rather than okay, we're going to find something that fixes this one little thing and fixes this. It's more beneficial to look at how do I want my customers to feel and what pieces need to go in place to get to that position? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have got to look at it holistically. You've got to look at what you want these outcomes to be. As John said um, earlier on, you want that person to leave that interaction being an advocate for your organization or your business. You do not want them to leave um, converse to that. So if you keep that at the forefront of your mind and design these channels and um, customer journeys with that in mind, thinking about the customer experience, looking at it through the customer's through the customer's eyes, right? Because that was something that happened years ago. People looked at it through the organization's eyes and not through the customer's eyes, right? Which is quite easy to do, right? I've got a show my KPIs have reduced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're coming at it from the wrong position. So yeah, you need to holistic customer experience, think across all the channels, but definitely think about it from the customer's perspective, not from the organization's perspective, which a lot of people um, fall down that trap. I was going to say, a prime example of that, and it's something really simple. So if you're using chat and chatbots, which are great and they help, be open and honest. Don't pretend it's a live person when it's actually a chatbot. And, and I, I saw this probably about a year ago when I first started seeing this. People going, effectively what it said was, I'm sorry I'm a chatbot. I'll help where I can, but please be rest assured there's a live agent behind if, if I can't do it. Just tell me that, and that's fine. I manage, again, manage my expectations. If you can help me to solve my problem, that's fantastic. You've helped me but please don't try and convince me that there's somebody typing at the other end. Don't be disingenuous, yeah? Let's be open with our customers and just manage expectations. And if you're open and honest, people are more forgiving and will allow those things to happen because they know you're trying to help and just being open and honest just gives that level of trust into organizations that we are here to help and we're doing the best that we can and we're just trying to be effective, and I'm focused on solving your problem, the fact it saves me money is irrelevant, 
but it's about making your experience and just be open with people. Yeah, don't don't lie to people. Don't or as one of my old bosses, don't be creepy. But actually, just be open with people about how you want to take them on and be supportive and solve their problem because that's why they're engaging with you. Yeah, I think another key thing is about making sure that whatever you design, it can it can evolve. Um, the pandemic has been a perfect example of showing, you know, if your systems, if your customer journeys are can't be adapted, can't be amended because you've made them so systematic and structured, then you, you just, you're going to be dead in the water, really. I mean, the key thing now is, OK, we can make the best customer experience we can have all these channels but is getting that feedback loop from the customer so there's a lot of tools that will look at the feedback and then you have to keep evolving these customer journeys as people change you know we talked about this shift from googling the answers to previously that was first line support if your systems processes agents aren't evolving then you you're just going to you're going to lose your business basically you've got to keep moving with the times everybody expects you know the best customer service we can all talk about it so so passionately on this call because we've all had a rubbish customer service experience at some stage whether it was the utility experience or you took something back or some technology that didn't work or something that broke in its warranty or you know someone that was just rude to you we've all had that but equally, we remember so well when we had brilliant customer service, right? And we and we talk about it and we say, oh, this was amazing. And so whatever these organizations do, they really have to think about building a platform that can evolve because the evolution in customer service is just speeding up. Um, so I think that's really key, that they get that feedback loop. They change the customer journeys based on the new information they get. And so they're always trying to improve that customer service going forward. Yeah, and then if anybody thinks the customer service project comes to an end, is living in a fantasy, yeah? Because of every new change of dynamic that comes along. And what be, what starts off as customer expectation becomes customer demands. And the next round of customer expectations come into this continual loop of expectation of, now everybody expects to be able to do video chat. That's the next expectation. What's the next one? Probably VR. I, I, I don't know. But all these things that people are seeing as cutting-edge capability become the next demands of an organization and a, an evolution, and it's continually changing through these processes. So a, a good, good customer success project never finishes. It just continues to evolve into the new expectations of their customers. That's funny because who would have thought when Facebook came around that, you know, businesses of the world would think, well, we're going to definitely have to make sure that we're we're managing, you know, service through our Facebook page, you know, uh, just stuff like that, that, that it pops up and you're like, uh, you know, we're going to have to manage comments because one person, like I remember a restaurant here in the U.S. Uh, a couple years ago, this one lady went to the local businesses page and left a review complaining about a waitress and it went viral as a joke but the restaurant chain had to deal with genuine like countrywide backlash over one small review on a local restaurant's page and you know i'm sure the the executives at that service department was like how would we have ever predicted this you know but there's the other classic the the old youtube video of the airline who breaks guitars 
Yeah, how many views yeah. did that have? Yeah, that sort of stuff, like you said, just goes viral if you don't know how to deliver the the right customer experience. It's a, it's like a weird soapbox that now, whereas before, if you had a bad experience, you could only tell the three people around you. Now you can stand up with a megaphone and shout it to the world <laughs> off one experience. So that makes it a whole new ball game. Yeah, absolutely. And you see some of these big CPG and retail brands and they and they use that to their advantage as well. You'll see them, um, some interesting uh, Twitter uh, campaigns recently where they get all these brands involved and uh, and yeah, they use that to their benefit. So it it can be a disadvantage, but it also it can be an advantage as well if you if you know how to handle that channel. Well, and partly too because it's it's it is so easy to just cancel your service or you know uh, quit using a product. Yeah. And again, during the pandemic, we've seen this this shift to what we would call like a subscription model. So, you know, the things like Netflix and now you've got your, I don't know, you've got your electronic newspaper on subscription. You've got your, um, you know, people even have their cars now on subscription. They don't even, they don't own a car. They don't even have HP on a car. They just have a car on subscription. And so, um, you know, when you can, when you can terminate your service with a month's notice, it's even more critical that that service that you provide is key because the rest of your sales are going to disappear. So as we switch more and more to that serviceization, if I said that right, servitization model, um, customer service is sort of hand in glove with the sales piece. It's actually not sales and service. It's sales and service together at the same point in time. Well, I'd be remiss if we didn't uh, wrap up the episode with, because it's the future of customer engagement experience, we have to ask the future question. And I know, John, you started touching on a little bit with this video aspect. Uh, I'm curious, Sarah, as well, and both, you know, if you're going to still say video, John, what you see as as the future, kind of maybe the next thing on the horizon that that service leaders should be looking for, whether it's a channel, whether it's a strategy, what, what you kind of see as the next thing or the future of customer service. So I, I think we'll see more VR, so more voice recognition that um, they'll be looking for speech patterns, phrasing of, of complaints and using that and the sort of uh, passion uh, that comes over in a call to help prioritise calls, you know, to, uh, yeah, to, to maybe even to start pairing them to the appropriate agent because sometimes there is a, uh, you know, a personality thing there. So I think we'll see more, a lot more VR in the future. We've got a little bit of it now. When I phoned my bank the other day, the first so many steps were done via VR, but then you still speak to a person. But I think we'll see a lot more of VR coming in into the into the picture. John, what about you? Yeah, no, I think following on from that, I think one of the battlegrounds at the moment is real-time voice analysis. So while we're having this conversation, I want to do real-time voice to text and then the analysis on the text to go and say, this customer is about to explode or escalate. Therefore, how do we calm this customer down? And, and when do we hand off? When is, the wrong, when is it the right time to hand this off to the supervisor as opposed to when is it the right time for the agent? So bringing some of that capability into this and also some of the proactive stuff now. So everybody's now using um, Alexas or Ceres or Katanas or whatever to have those level of engagement. So how do I bring that channel more proactively into engagement 
So how can I get my, I won't say it because I've got one on my desk and it'll start squawking back to me, but how do I get her to start helping me solve my issue? But also how do we deal with this with people's privacy concerns? So I think there's, again, that managing expectation. I think the technology is there and some of the battlegrounds are there, but you have to balance things up against people's privacy concerns and how do I bring those in? So technology will do lots of things, but you've also got to bring the human engagement and the human trust level into this too to make sure that it's seen as a a mutual benefit, not a way of just offsetting costs from me as an organisation to make you do all your own work, but it's about how do I balance those things up and bring it in as a mutual benefit for both parties and a relationship-built engagement as opposed to a a seller and a buyer side of it. So blending those things together. Perfect. Well, Sarah, you also taught me that it sounds like in the future, as long as I sound as angry as possible when I first call in, you're going to get service pretty quickly now. (laughs) Even if it's a small issue, just sound like you're about to blow up immediately and they'll route you right through. <laughs> so they're very, yeah, we're, all, we're the customer's clever, right? So we do learn how to um, get around some of these uh, customer service systems, like in the olden days when it was like press zero and you mitigated through all the options of one to nine. So yeah, absolutely. Pe- people will always learn how to navigate systems, but they will only, I think, do that when they really want to. I don't think you do that all the time. So yeah. It's always got to be Plus a way around probably figure things. it out. Yeah, the, it'll figure me out at that point. It's like when Stephen calls, he's angry about everything. I think he's <laughs> trying to uh, skirt the system here. <laughs> Thanks again to Sarah and John for joining us for this great conversation. I highly recommend you check out the full white paper from Capgemini on the new rules of customer service. You can find that link in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. Of course, while you're there, check out the article of the week from the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience site and check out links to interact with Sarah and John if you want to reach out to them directly. We always appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, leaving us a review as well as a rating. It just helps others find the show if you found it valuable as well. I'm Steven Spears, and this is the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience podcast. We'll see you next time.